live and pre-recorded. This is the Red Ticket Blues Podcast. I am Brian Buckley. This is being recorded on December 7th to hit the internets on December 8th. If you're new to the show, you can always listen on iTunes, tune in Radio, Stitcher, YouTube, and follow me on Twitter at BrianBuck13 and at RedTicketBlues. Today is a special episode. Normally, this would be a Tuesday podcast where I rant and rave about things. I'm going to let other people do the ranting and raving. After the big Giants-Jets matchup on this past Sunday, I have Mark Mongo, Mark Baldwin, a big Giants fan, and Simon from Yonkers. Uh, on He's a large Jets fan. And we go over the game, we dissect it, we talk, we talk. And, uh, you know, the the world is bliss afterwards. So, everyone, take a look, take a look, take a listen, and enjoy. So, the Jets took on the Giants on Sunday, and it was a 23-20 victory in overtime. We have two superfans. Yes, superfans. On here, uh, Mark Mongo, representing the Giants. Mark, welcome to the Red Ticket Blues podcast. For You know, a friend of the podcast. We've all heard him before. Mark Mongo, how are you? Brian, good to be back. Thank you. Absolutely. It's a pleasure to have you here. And another return E, is that a word? Simon from Yonkers, a our uh, honorary, not honorary, but our Jets fan. Simon, how are you? Thanks for having me, Brian. Feels good to be here. Oh, it's, you know what, it, it feels good all around. I mean, it's just great. Uh, so let's start. Well, Mark, you, you feel this one first. Uh, is there an actual rivalry with this team, or is this just a fan-based, uh, or fan-driven whatever? I think it's for the fans mostly, but... With the NFL, there's only 16 games. Each one of them is as, as important as the next one. You have to show your chops uh, in every single one. And this week proved it because both teams, while uh, mediocre at you know in, in an extent, they they both needed this game massively. And in the middle of a you know a week 13 scenario, it was it was a big game. So I think it's for the fans. But um, you know, I think in past years the the rivalry has been has been a little bit bigger. And I think that was demonstrated four years ago. So uh, I think, I think it's for the fans and I think in any NFL game, if it's, if the players aren't up for it and ready to go and smash the other team down, it's then they're not prepared. They're not, they're not an NFL team. You know, that's so, right. I, I, I agree with that. Simon thoughts. It is for the fans mostly because they share the stadium, you know, the whole big brother, little brother dynamic. Uh, the players were getting into it on Sunday. You saw really clone on the sideline. You saw guys smashing helmets into each other. There was no love loss there. And uh, if you look back at some of the articles that were written this week, you saw Don Maynard talking about how beating the Giants in a preseason game was bigger than winning Super Bowl three. Jesus you know, Christ. Like, yeah, I did not say. Calm down, Donnie. I mean, Jesus. <laughs> but, uh, you know, um, it could mean a lot of things to a lot of different people. Uh, LT was on the back page of the Daily News this week saying, we own New York. Uh, it, it could bring out different emotions. It's like the Subway series. It might mean more to some people than to some other players, but I do think it's more than just the fans. I think the players are very much into it as well. No, I, I think you're both right. And Simon, you brought up the point that they share the building. I think, that, I mean, I don't care who you are. That has to something, you know what I mean? Even in like high school and in, in sharing the gym with the girls basketball team, nothing against girls basketball. I, I'm all for women's sports, but you know, just being like, it's our time to practice, get off the field. It's just sort of, it, Maybe that's a terrible comparison, seeing that's, uh, you know, scholastic sports in Class S Connecticut and not, you know, Major League uh, football. But that's my comparison, my analogy, so I don't care. Uh, how long have both of you – well, we'll again, we'll start with Mark. Uh, how long have you been a Giants fan? Birth or is this something, you know, you just you, you get as a kid? Uh, you just get it as a kid. I mean, my, my family is not a big football family. I kind of – you know, but in uh... – in 80, you know, 80, uh, Super Bowl 21, everybody got wrapped up in that. And I was like seven, eight years old. It was right after the Mets had won the, the, the World Series. And uh, 
so you know, I followed along and, uh, you know, love my team, Big Blue. I mean, they've given me a lot of good times. Uh, I, I will tell you, 2000 broke my heart, even though it was uh, well, 2001 when they lost to the Ravens. That was uh, that was a rough one to take and digest. But uh, baseball's always been my biggest sport. But football and the Giants have always had a place there, too. So, Simon, what poor soul got you into the Jets? Oh, I have a first cousin who was like the only football fan in my entire family. He was a Jets fan. Uh, the first season I started watching was 1998, um, and that was a crazy season. Testa Verde came on the scene. They went all the way to the AFC Championship game. Blew it at Mile High Field, but, you know, they were so great. They went 12-4. and four. You're thinking, wow, this is going to happen forever. And then week one of 99, uh, Billy blows out his Achilles heel, and uh, <laughs> the Jets have... Yeah, kind of been picking up the pieces ever since. Yeah, so. Well, so Simon, just to just to cut in there real quick. So Simon, you said the, the the Jets lost in the AFC Championship game the first year you watched them. So you have a long history of that happening. It, it's it's not just that year. It's oh for three, and each and every time I was stupid enough to think that they were going to win every time. And every time they actually had a legitimate chance to win, but they did Jets things and. They uh, the Jets. <laughs> subsequently didn't win those games. Jets are going to jet. The Jets are sure. going to jet. I, I would be they, one of those people that's just time. happy to get to the Super Bowl. I, I'm totally one of those people. They don't even have to win it. I'm happy just going there. Uh, oh, so, you're going to you're gonna change your tune if they actually do. So well, go ahead, Brian. <laughs> 100%. Um, so, I mean, we talk of good seasons. We talk of bad seasons. Uh, the Giants, Jets, both coming off seasons where, you know, Disappointing, to say the least. What were your expectations? Uh, we'll start with Simon here. What were your expectations going into this year? You know, Todd Bowles, new team, new regime. Well, not really a new team, but, you know, new new regime, I should say. What were your expectations going in this year for you personally? Uh, well, I like the hires in the front office, and I like Bowles. Uh, I was pretty optimistic just because they actually had organizational structure for once. And they actually were returning a pretty solid team. This isn't a young, up-and-coming team. This is a pretty veteran-laden team. You see Cromartie, Harris, uh, Harrison, guys like that on defense, along with Richardson and Muhammad Wilkerson. So, you know, and that's the number one rushing defense right now. You look on offense, they have two weapons with uh, Marshall and Decker. So it's not a team that was rebuilding. They just didn't have a quarterback. You know, you were expecting to go on the fly with Fitzpatrick. Hope that he doesn't screw up too much, kind of like that Mark Sanchez thing, run the ball, play defense, maybe go eight and eight, nine and seven, which they're kind of still on the course to do. So that, that's what I thought. I thought they were going to finish with a mediocre to okay record maybe sneak into the playoffs and steal a game and we're right on track for that. So. Yeah. Seems to be coming to fruition. Mark, your thoughts on the G men. I was skeptical coming season. I mean, I think, uh, you know, even Francesca was saying on the air today, you know, he, he thought, you know, um, Coughlin should have been done after last season. And uh, I kind of had the same idea that, it's time for a new voice. And um, I was a little concerned, but then a little optimistic. They did make some good acquisitions. Um, you know, Eli had Eli had his best statistical career of his year of his career last year. A lot of people don't realize that. But if you look at his completion percentage and stuff like that, um, you thought that with with Cruz coming back healthy and they could finally get Beckham and Cruz on the on the field at the same time. They only played one and a half games together last year. Um, and when you looked at the way that Beckham came on the on the on the stage, and you know you get Cruz back, you know it was looking rosy. To you know it, it looked like it could have gone either way. I mean, you know that could have been a, a, an amazing combination, and um, it didn't work out. Cruz, I don't know what the medical staff did over there, or what the heck ended up happening, and they they misdiagnosed it. It seemed like they could have had you know if, if the, the calf, I guess it's a muscle. It is what it is. I'm not. It a is doc, a muscle. A doctor, that is correct. Okay? I, I got. 
I, 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 I'm, not, I'm gonna call Doc O'Brien over here, but um, he's busy Sunday. Know, it's just, it's just, uh, yeah, I gotta call him at ten o'clock. Um, it, it was disappointing in that regard, but you know, you hold out hope, and I mean, God, they have the the most garbage division we've seen since the NFC South a couple years ago. So they're still not dead, and as we speak, uh, the Cowboys are here to try to come and help us, which is a bizarre situation. So uh, uh, coming in, I was fifty fifty. And with, you know, everybody always, uh, you sit there preseason and you tick down, okay, that's a win, that's a win, that's a loss, loss, loss. You go down the schedule, you know, and, um, you know, I, I'd go through it and I'd take a certain approach and say, hey, you know, never know, you could be 10 and 6. And then if you go back through it with a little bit of a pessimistic approach, you could be 6 and 10. I mean, it's the NFL, any team, you can almost do that with almost any team nowadays, which is just crazy. The way that the parody or the maybe mediocrity of the league in general is, um, uh, it's changed. It's much different than years past. You bring up wins and losses. Uh, coming into this game, the Giants are coming off a 20-14 to 14 loss to Washington. And the Jets, uh, you know, coming off a 28-20 win against the Dolphins. Mark, uh, for this game specifically, what were you thinking the Giants could do? Did you, did you think, fuck it, this is a victory? Or did you think, well, you know, th- th- this is going to be rough? I thought, fuck it, it was a victory, as you said. No, I'm just kidding. Um, no, I thought with the with, with the with the – uh, injuries to the offensive line. My my thinking coming into this game was don't let Eli get killed and just you know ravaged over um, because that was quite a possibility. And and the Jets got to him this in that game not as much as I had thought. I think that there was a lot of guys that stepped up. Um, I thought that the you know the 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 defensive line has been doing good. I think the, I think the defense has kind of rallied around JPP. So I didn't think that the Jets would have as good of an attack as they did because Fitzpatrick had a hell of a game. Um, so I was hoping that those two things would, the, the universes would come together and, uh, you know, you could, you could eke out like a two or three point victory. Um, but, you know, not, not, I wasn't as much as the shit talking that I did on Twitter to, to, to Simon. Let's put it that way. Simon, let's talk <laughs> about that shit talking. Let's talk about what you thought about this game. Okay, well, you said it at the beginning of the show. It was two piles of uh, mediocrity playing each other. And I really did think it was going to come down to a special teams play or a turnover. So when uh, Dwayne Harris took it to the house, I was like, this game is done, you know. Um, I thought it was going to be a close game right up to the very end. This game actually matched my expectation. I thought it was going to be close scoring. I thought there was going to be sloppy plays with a little bit of exciting thrown in there. And we saw that with uh, Beckham's touchdown, uh, the aforementioned uh, return for the touchdown the Jets picking off Eli, there was some big plays made to kind of even out the bad play. So it did actually match what I think was going to happen. Well, that, that's, that, those are fair assessments and from two fair, bright men. Um, getting in, yeah, do you like that? Um, before wow. we, uh, yeah, yeah, I'm sure you, you'll, all that, though, those nice words, compliments, that was good, right? Uh, before we get into some, like, gameplay, final question here. Where'd you guys watch the game? Simon, where were you? Um, I was actually at a buddy's house, uh, a Giants fan, in fact, Ooh. and I was sitting right next to him, and I shrieked as soon as Brown missed the field goal, and I was doing a victory lap right outside. I like how you admitted that you shrieked. I was calling him a loser. I was tugging on my jersey. I thought I won the Super Bowl. To me, I don't even care how many kids I have. That was one of the greatest moments of my life. So uh, <laughs> I was quite, and also I did a lot of trash talking on Twitter, uh, as you both well know. So I kind of needed to keep my credibility intact. Just needed to win that game, and so oh, boy, did they back me up. So, Mark, I watched the game at my home. Uh, my kids were here. Um, 
I was hanging out with my middle son, who's the more sports oriented one of the group, and uh, my son Connor. And um, we were we were kind of hanging out. We went out before the game. I was getting pumped up. We went out and played like two hand touch football in the street for like an hour before the game. And I'm sit down. I, I get ready to go. I'm getting ready to do the witch hour and watch the watch the one o'clock games as we all do. And I'm all excited and the game's going well. And so I was watched it. I watched it here and we were supposed to be going to my parents for dinner. And usually that means like, all right, you know, four o'clock, four fifteen, games wrap up time to go overtime hits. <laughs> so I'm sitting here like my mom's calling me. Oh, you got you guys, you guys coming up for di- for Sunday dinner. And, Oh, I just sat there and watched that ball go wide left. It was just a, it was just brutal. I was speechless. I was in a, I was in a catatonic scenario state there. I mean, it was, I, I, I said, you know what? I'm, I'm turning off the Twitter. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to look at it again for a while. And then I just went, I just went and had a, had a nice dinner and just completely forgot about it because I had to. And I was telling Brian earlier, Simon, I'm really glad I didn't agree to do this Sunday night because it wouldn't have been, it would have been really bad. It, it, you would have just heard, it would have been me like, Mark, are you there? And it would have been like, what the heck? You know, it, it would just be me with outbursts <laughs> about how bad this team was. About, you and like, I had how two- bad that game was. You and I had two completely different experiences because I was doing like the electric slide. I got right on Twitter, started trash talking. I had Jets balloons. It was it was actually amazing. The Jets balloons are still there on Twitter for anybody who wants to say. Well, uh, I, it, it's, it, I did see those, unfortunately, but thanks. Yeah. So it, um, sound, it yeah, sounded so, like a, a, a happy slice of Americana in the Baldwin home turned into a nightmare uh, in just a matter of a few hours. Right, and then I he immediately went so. back and tried Yeah, I know. I was like, oh, my God. Are you <laughs> offended? Are you all right? This guy's catatonic. Yes, I'm sorry. I just had a flashback to yesterday at 4.30. Um, yeah, no, it was, it was, it is what it is. And I just decided, you know, I'm going to put it all behind and I'm going to go have a nice meal with my family and not think about it. And it was good. So that's sometimes, sometimes you can't take it too seriously. You can't let it in, in, you know, get involved with everything else in your life. So that's what I did. You only say that when you lose, because when you win, you party, you hang out, you drink. This is great. That's, that's, oh, it doesn't matter. Of course. That's something losers say. When you win, it's never just a game. It's awesome. I'm just, I'm just making a point. Yeah, this is this is coming from someone, Simon, who has a lot of experience with that. So I, I take your word for it, buddy. I know. I was in the playoffs six and out of the last seven seasons. I know. Good. Nice experience you have there. Put that on your resume. So there were two plays. So much for nice, reasonable guys, Brian. You, you mushed that scenario. Yeah, right? I know. Jesus Christ. Uh, there, were, there were two plays yesterday that, you know, they didn't actually have an effect on the final score or, or the game whatsoever, but – Two plays. One by the Jets, Willie Colon talking shit on the sidelines to Dominic Rogers Camardi for a 15-yard penalty, negating a 17-yard gain for Decker. And you have Odell Beckham kicking the ball. And after the game, he still didn't see any problem with it. Uh, again, it didn't affect the game. But what was the more bonehead play, in your opinion? We'll go with Simon. Uh, the more bonehead play is Willie Colon because you're not even in the game. You're not active. You're out for the season. Keep your mouth shut. You know you're going to get a penalty for that. And that's like undisciplined stuff that they did under Rex Ryan that you were hoping would be gone under Todd Bowles. And they picked the worst time to implode yesterday in that kind of situation. But regarding both penalties, they're absolutely ridiculous. This is professional football. <laughs> these guys are emotional. They're charged up. Even Odell kicking the ball, you can't cost these guys yardage. 
on something as small and minute as that. What is this, youth league sports? It was an overtime. The guy kicked the ball. That's going to affect the game. That, that's completely stupid. I hope the next commissioner takes care of that because that's it easy. Odell Beckham said, uh, if, if I, if I would have thrown it back, I really don't see the difference. If you kick the ball back, it's not like screaming F-bombs or kicking the ball back. You kick it back to the huddle. We go over to the fourth and two play. I really don't think it's a penalty, but it's not my job to make calls. Will you shut the fuck up? Stop kicking the football. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, give me, I don't see a problem with it. That's ridiculous. Mark, which one did you think was more ridiculous? I'm not, I'm going to, I'm going to play the party line. I'm going to say they were both ridiculous, but I mean, Simon had more of a problem with the guy on his own team. And that makes sense. And that Cologne thing was dumb, but the Beckham thing was, was, was really bad. And I'll tell you right now, you know, he was recruited to be on the U S men's national soccer team. He was a soccer player. <laughs> so if he that. wants to go freaking play soccer, go play soccer. You're not a, well, actually, you're not a punter. He's... You're not a punter or a field goal. Uh, you know, you're not a punter or a place kicker. Go. If you want to go kick ball, I'll tell you right now, if he doesn't make that catch on the next play, oh, that God. goes down as a, as one of the most horrible penalties. And, and you know, I have to say, I, I, I hate to keep put, putting it back to Mike, but Mike said today, this is not Mike, a who? Tom who Coughlin about? team. Uh, Mike, the the guy who cuts the meat at my butcher shop. Yeah. <laughs> Mike Francesa, come on. <laughs> yeah, that's um, right. Tom Coughlin, he doesn't coach the team anymore. But the problem was he doesn't know no, it. But the, this it, it he, it's at it's not under his control. This is not the type of like discipline right, that right. the Giants exceed that the Giants exude, and that's what he meant. I mean, right. Mike can just platitude it out. There's, you know, you know, uh, can Beckham be Beckham or can blah blah blah? But this is not that type of team. And it was funny because I was I was after class tonight. I was driving home and and Carl actually Carl Banks. Oh, sorry, I don't want to get very very particular. <laughs> I can't, Carl, I, I'm, I'm sorry, people that, Carl people that I've met and am close friends with, I just refer to in the first person. Oh, obviously, um, no, I'm just kidding. I'm not Brian. Um, but um, so <laughs> Carl actually referred back to that tonight. Carl Banks on the on the Monday night pregame show that he he really took. He said, you know what? It makes sense. They're not playing like disciplined and hard nose and for for Beckham to kick that ball like that it was just it was just I mean maybe it speaks to the intensity of the game like we talked about earlier that they really do want to win this game and maybe it's not just because it's the Jets maybe it's because their season was on the line yesterday and Beckham really wants to perform but you got to be smarter than that he has to be smarter than that I I don't care how intense he is exactly he's got to be so much smarter than that just ridiculous speaking of Beckham uh we never got to see the the dream matchup the Darrell Revis Beckham uh you know, going against each other. You think Revis would have made a difference in this game? I mean, he, Beckham's line here, six catches, 149 yards, one touchdown. We'll go We'll go to Simon here. Uh, I mean, Revis isn't what he used to be. Do you think he would have made that much of a difference on this uh, just up-and-coming player that is possibly the best wide receiver in the NFL? I don't really think he would have made much of a difference if you saw that touchdown, which I called. I said it as soon as it happened. I said, please don't throw a slant to Beckham because he has that speed. He's just going to be out. And sure enough, that's exactly what happened. Yeah. Um, I, I just don't think he would have made that much of a difference. The secondary played well, all, all things told, considering they were down Marcus Colvin and they were also down, not Marcus Colvin, <laughs> we're going back in time and Revis. Uh, <laughs> um, that's they, okay. You know, details are at a luxury on the red ticket blues podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, their, their secondary was in tatters and Cromarty actually stepped up and had a very good game. Whenever he was in man and man coverage, he didn't lose a step. Uh, that's usually because he's always tugging and grabbing, but as long as the refs don't say, nobody cares. Um, 
no, nobody was going to stop Beckham. Nobody on their best day stops Beckham. He's truly an elite talent, and I wish he played for the Jets. So, uh, well, uh, Mark, everything outside of that last sentence, uh, do you agree with that? Uh, uh, everything aside from the last sentence? Why? He's, well, I, I think, I, I, I mean, it's, it's hard to. Oh, well, yeah, I bet. Um, he doesn't. Um, I agree with what he said. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it's hard to say what Revis is now. I mean, especially coming off the concussion. I mean, he obviously wasn't ready to play. Um, he's not where he's not who he used to be. He wasn't, he's not the, the, the Revis when he was, uh, with the jets the first time. So, um, who knows? I mean, it would have been nice to see. I mean, you know, it would have been, it would have been a great matchup and, um, I love seeing those, um, those corner wide receiver elite matchups. Those are fun. So, um, it would have been a lot of fun, but uh, I'm kind of glad he wasn't there because, you know, it's one less person that the Jets had to uh, bring bring to the table. If I sure. could interject for a moment. Go ahead. He got absolutely yep. burned by DeAndre Hopkins against Houston a couple of weeks ago. As bad as bad as I've ever seen Revis. Oh. And, you know, it was almost like a dog that you're going to take out back and you're not going to tell the kids about. <laughs> that, that, that's what it was like. <laughs> so I'm kind of happy that he didn't go so the, he, 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 Hello? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, so it's like Fido ran away. Exactly. You don't want to tell the kids. Um, first quarter, Jets field goal. That's really all we saw. Second quarter, Dwayne Harris returns a punt for 80 yards to open up the open up the quarter, 7-3. to three. I believe he dabbed at the end of it. Simon, you're young and hip. Was that a dab by Dwayne Harris? Oh, he was doing the dab all right. He's not doing the cam dab. Cam does the full dab. He's in the end zone for 30 seconds. Never gets a penalty. But, uh, you know, Woody Johnson actually murdered the dab after yesterday. So I don't want to see anybody dabbing. I don't want to see anybody doing the electric slide. Nothing. Woody Johnson just killed it all. I want all the teenagers to pick a new dance. That's it. Right. No, I I agree with that. Uh, Let's see here. Um, We're going to have to I'm going to have to look at this. The wonders of technology. That's me there. Oh, it's Mark. Okay. So I didn't have to actually stop it. There's Mark. All right. So Mark, we were just talking about, uh, Dwayne Harris dabbing on that 80 yard punt return for the touchdown. Uh, you look at a situation like this, everyone wants to talk about the big, uh, the big call at the end of the game, uh, the fourth, fourth down that Coughlin decided to go for in that second quarter, uh, you know, it's seven to three fourth and goal. And they decided to kick the field goal. Did you think they should go for it there? I, I I think you got to take the points to a certain extent. Look, I'm not I'm not an NFL coach. You're not. Um, you know, I'm not. Um, I've never coached anywhere. But to me, it's like take the points when you can. Um, you know, it's funny at the beginning of the show today when Mike when 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 everybody was talking about uh, or not even yesterday. Oh, why did they go for it? Or even yesterday. I mean, I guess we're always going to look back at it hindsight. Um, I I I have to say. Uh, Sometimes I'm not an NFL coach. That's it. That's all I'm going to say. No, um, I'm going to agree. What with did it, it. Yeah, I'm, I'm also that's a fact. Um, I think they should have gone for it early, but later on, I think you take the points. I think okay. you take the points. Okay. But that's uh, was there anything? I mean, we're we're getting into the game here, and is there anything that really sticks out from both teams? I mean, for me, honestly, going into the game and seeing it, you know, preview and then watching it. The pressure that was put on Eli, and because he couldn't hand it off, the main reason, the Giants' running game is just terrible. Uh, You know, I was doing some research, and again, 
that's a luxury here at Red Ticket Blues. I was doing some research, and you realize that the Giants have the leading rusher for the entire year is 431 yards with Rashad Jennings. And their number two is Shane Vereen. Do you know who has rushed for more yards, just about the same yards as Shane Vereen this year? Ryan Fitzpatrick. Oh, man. Fitzmagic. Exactly. Uh, so, I mean, the entire team this year for the Giants, every single player who has went on one play rushing, it's 1,057 1, yards. That's abominable. Um, is there anything else that really stuck out from you guys? I know this is sort of a very broad question. I mean, what is there anything that really stands out to you, particularly defense, offense of your respective team? Uh, Mark, go for it. Well, it was it was it was funny how the Giants on that drive that that ended with the interception um, and the not taking the kick, they had that ball for so long. And 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 what really stuck out for me was right before that play, like in the sequ- the series of plays right before that ended up happening, the game just devolved into penalties upon penalties. The Giants are getting 15-yard holding penalties, and then J- the Jets are giving them automatic first downs. And it was just—I mean, there, I don't—I didn't go back and look at the count, but it seemed like there was five or six penalties in a row where they were just twisting and turning, so to speak. <laughs> and it was just crazy. It was like, what is going on here? And I have to say, like, we go back to that whole, this whole mediocrity theme that we've been talking about. I mean, that just demonstrated to me. You know, you get a break and then you give it right back. And they both did that back and forth. It was just ridiculous. That really annoyed me. I think I sent out a tweet at that at some point saying something to that effect where it was very frustrating to watch it. And, you know, the refs have been a factor this whole year, too. But, I mean, I, those were all on the players. Right, those, right. Weren't, those weren't ticky-tacky uh, plays. Those were, those were legit penalties. <laughs> and it was just – it was just not good to see. It was just – it just – if you look, thinking back on it now, it really was foreshadowing of things to come, of the game just turning into a mess. But. That's true. Uh, Simon, is there a, speti- a specific, you know, this set of the team, defense, offense, special teams that stuck out to you in this game that really played well for the Jets? Uh, for the Jets, it was definitely Fitzpatrick throwing that one post route to Decker for all of the fourth quarter and overtime, and it worked like a T. The Giants could not defend it. He had fantastic. Uh, Blau Powell coming out of the backfield making some catches. The Jets have not had a guy in the backfield who could catch the ball in a very long time. And it was nice because he racked up 91 yards, and that took a lot of stress off Fitzpatrick throwing the deep ball to Marshall or Decker. Um, From the Jets' offensive line, they were absolutely horrible. Uh, That was supposed to be a strength coming into the game, and the Giants just ran roughshod for at least the first half of the game. You saw JPP just doing whatever he wanted and just, you know, I, it looked like they were going to be in for a very long day, but uh, eventually they gave uh, Fitzy a little pass protection. And for what it's worth, he stepped up. He did not throw any interceptions. He did not make any stupid passes, a very low risk game from him. Uh, and he ended up racking up a lot of yards. So he did well. Yeah, you bring up the running game, Simon. I mean, Chris Ivory, it, it seems like just because he takes so much contact that you feel like he, he listen, he had a great, great game last week, but I mean... I thought he had a great game yesterday, and then I looked at the numbers. Eh, eh, quite pedestrian, you know, rushing for 47 yards, receiving for 22. You bring up Bilal Powell. I mean, he made up for Willie Colon's ridiculous penalty, 25-yard TD reception, first ever. And he had a pretty good day, 90, 91 yards receiving, 17 rushing. Simon, you think this was Powell's best game as a Jet? 
I do. And I think that he's going to get more reps going forward. Uh, he's been kind of buried on the depth chart the last couple of years, but I think Ivory is running out of gas. And that is because of the style he plays. He's a hard nosed runner. You see how much contact he makes on literally every pre- uh, play. He's just a violent player. They always say that about him. And it's, <laughs> Which is it's such just, a compliment. He's a violent player. It's, I guess in football. I mean, if he was like I a know, violent figure skater, it'd be bad. As long as- as long as you keep it on the field, I guess you're okay. You yeah, know? I know, but it's just so odd having them describe. Oh, how well, how would you describe him? Oh, he's violent. Oh, oh. he runs with hate. It was, it's <laughs> almost like these really hard wow. adjectives. <laughs> but he's he's just a little cooked at this point, I think, from taking so much contact. So you're going to see Powell uh, getting the ball a little bit more. The question is, can he actually rack up as many yards as Ivory can on the ground? If not, they're going to be throwing a lot more balls his way. So you know, it's funny that you mentioned that because. The first drive when the Jets, the Jets got their first uh, field goal, Ivory was just killing. He was he was just pushing them down the field. Yeah. To, to use another analogy, killing it. Right. We're doing a really good job over here. But so Violence Ivory, killing. I know, right? So Ivory's just driving them down the field, and then they get to like the 18 yard line, and they go three and out, and they have to kick the field goal. And I said I wasn't big. I was half paying, you know. So I was a little bit paying attention. You know how it is. And so I'm like, I sent out a tweet like, oh, well, you know, Ivory drove them all the way down. And then all of a sudden, where is he? They, they go three and out and they have to kick the field goal. He's on the he's on the sideline getting attention. What, uh, I have to give credit to at J Forma, F-O-R-M-A, said to me, oh, he's on the field sideline getting attention. And I'm like, oh, well, and it goes to show you like the physical nature of the of the sport and the way Ivory just co- goes out like, you know, he, he runs at you like a wrecking ball. Um that take that took it. It took its uh, toll on him a little bit because then he's not on the field. He was on a roll, and so uh, I just thought I'd interject that. No, no, you're you're totally right. <laughs> and I mean, because of that, you you saw more Blau Powell and Powell's touchdown made it a ten ten game. And yeah, right after that, Beckham comes in with that seventy two yard pass, and he is just lightning quick, goes by everybody, and does some sort of uh, I don't know if that was a choreographed dance, some sort of Peter Pan thing where he jumped in the air. Over and over again, the length of the end zone. It was the hurdles. It was for. Oh, his is mom. that what it was? Yeah, it was a hurdle. His mom was. His mom and dad both went to LSU. His mom was a hurdler. They were talking about it on the broadcast. Yeah, see, I was in a bar and I oh, had okay. sound on, so now I feel a little better. Then okay. Yeah, they were talking about it. He was. He's a. He was. His mom was a hurdler, and his. And they were talking about how his mom runs his businesses for him and stuff, which is. You know, all right. Can you be in the league more than one and a half years before you are have businesses and all this side stuff? Which that's just a whole other thing. Yeah, that, I mean, that's, Cruz got into it, and look where he is. He's sitting there nursing his calf. Not hey, two years later, on Twitter today, he was still. I saw he's pushing us uh, Snickers bars. You know, the, he that guy does not stop. He, he did. Are they stuff. are they good for calf injuries? I, uh, I hear that he's he's going to need something more than Snickers bars to get back on the field. Maybe another documentary. Oh, yeah. You know, Dory, you I liked you better when you were just a ball player. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's such a good line. That really is. Um, Mark, uh, let's see. Quickly, quickly. Uh, you have uh, to be – we're talking about Odell Beckham. I mean, I couldn't understate this more than I could possibly imagine. But you have to be excited Odell Beckham is actually – it's not a It's not a sophomore jinx. This guy is amazing. He saw the second half of last year. I mean, he really is that good. You have to be excited. Duh. I mean, yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, uh, I'm not going to break another mic reference, but yes, he's great. And his rookie year last year, I mean, only in, you know, only playing 12 games, having such a phenomenal, if you look, you look at rookie seasons up and down the NFL, he's up there with Randy, with Randy Moss and, and, um, 
and the greats, you know, uh, he's up there with the greats, uh, Jerry Rice. If you look at the rookie, the all-time rookie seasons, he's there. And like you said, thankfully, it's not a sophomore jinx. It would be great if it, if they had the one-two punch of him and Cruz. You could only imagine what it would be, but they don't. So you can't you can't draw that. You, know, you can only up. imagine. You can't really can actually only imagine. Imagine. Um, just that's for every. <laughs> okay. <laughs> leave that. Leave that. That Easter yeah. egg there for a few people. But um. So yeah. Um. It was. Uh. It. it you know, it's great, and uh, I'm happy to have them. And um, I'd like to see a little bit less of the off the field stuff. I understand these guys like to capitalize as much as they can. I mean. I guess I'd probably be doing the same thing. So who the fuck am I to talk? Yeah, I mean Beckham. Listen, Beckham. Uh, if anyone loves Odell Beckham, it's Odell Beckham. There's no doubt about that. He's his biggest <laughs> fan. He's his biggest fan without a doubt. Uh, so after that, the Giants threw another field goal. At that point, Josh Brown was still perfect and twenty to ten at halftime. So how are you guys feeling at halftime? Good, bad, drunk, indifferent? I was feeling pretty bad. I really thought that this was going to be a long day. The way they were getting at Fitzpatrick. Uh, the punt return, just there was so many bad things going against the Jets' favor. Um, maybe it's just recollection now to think that they were going to get crushed, but it, it really wasn't looking good at halftime. I think it was 20 to 10. There was nothing positive coming from the Jets' side. Mark? Well, Simon is so – God, Simon is such a defeated Jets fan. It's amazing. I was feeling it's good. Sort of I'm feeling pretty it? good today. I don't know. No. Well, <laughs> no uh, yeah, I bet. But no, but, but I mean at halftime I felt like, okay – they were getting to, to Fitzpatrick, but he was still throwing the ball. And he was still – I mean, that guy is tough as shit. It's amazing. Like, he just kicks hits and hits. And they were even commenting on the broadcast, like, when he slid one time, instead of, like, just keep going and, like, taking the hit, they were like, wow, a slide yeah. from Fitzpatrick. One of, one of the first plays of the game, exactly. Ian Eagle and Dan Fox were like, whoa. <laughs> what's, yeah, what's what the heck there? is this? I felt really good. I, I felt like – um you know, the we I mean, we were lucky, but at the same time, I was in the moment. So in retrospect, I'm thinking to myself, we got lucky as hell on two big plays. I mean, not I mean, lucky. Super Bowl, the, sir. Oh. <laughs> Bam. <laughs> Sorry, no, there was more to. than a few of those plays that went into that. No, but the Beckham, the Beckham catch and the Harris return. I mean, if, if it wasn't for that, what did, what did, what did the Giants really have at halftime? But it, at the time, I felt like this is good. Like I, I was like, I was like, we're we're we're, we're rolling along. Um, obviously, as a Giants fan this year, you have to be um, cognizant of the fourth quarter woes. Yeah. Um, I actually read earlier today that, or or it was yesterday at some point, where this the Giants are the only team to lose five games where they were leading. Within two minutes of the end of the game. That's just insane. That's a, I mean, but no, the only other time that it ever happened was the 2000 Chargers, and they went 5 and 11 and they fired their coach at the end of the year. So that just gives you a little bit more foreshadowing of what's going to happen. But I was feeling good, and that's what made it even worse at the end of the way that they blew it. It's like, I would rather be involved with a game where my team blows it on one play. Rather than a series of miscues like right. they've been doing this year, and uh, it's just it sucks. Going back into you know, so the Giants and Jets they start the second half. Third quarter was pretty much a snooze fest. Not much happened at all. Uh, but let's let's why, why bury the lead here? Uh, Tom Coughlin, nine minutes left, fourth and two. Eli throws the interception. Uh, picked off by Miles. It's it's classic second guessing. It's it's fodder for sports radio. It's it's what sports radio was invented for. Both of you, 
What are you thinking when Eli walks <laughs> up to the line for fourth down? We'll start with Simon. Well, I was excited because they weren't taking the points, but uh, I think more people are actually blaming Coughlin, rightfully so, because that was just a horrible coaching move. But nobody's really blaming Eli for throwing another red zone inter- interception. True. That's all this guy does lately. He, he just throws picks in the red zone. And the fact that you don't have a running game, because I think if they still have like that Brandon Jacobs, uh, Bradshaw, or somebody of that ilk, maybe you pound the ball on fourth and two and see what happens, because at least then they would be pinned back at the, the four-yard line or something. And the Jets were stuck deep in their own zone uh, a lot of times in the first half. So if there wasn't an interception there, the Jets would have been all the way back and would have had to march up field. It would have been different, but him throwing the interception, uh, you know, it was the optics of it were really bad. Um, I, I could see what Coughlin was thinking. Cause then you go up three possessions. I mean, the game is absolutely done at that point. I, I understand what he was doing, but you know, kick, kick the field goal. Mark. Uh, no comment. Okay. We'll leave it at that. Uh, <laughs> I, 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 really? <laughs> What do you want me to say? I want you to bash Tom Coughlin. I want you to say, wow, what an idiot. Eli's horrible, throwing another interception like usual. How is this guy going to go in the Hall of Fame one day? I want you to say all that. That's what I want you to say. Uh, so Coughlin sucks. He never should have been coaching the Giants to begin with. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. I'm just fucking, I'm just, I'm just doing a shtick. But um, Tom Coughlin has had an interesting career with the Giants, to, to say the least. I mean, you got to remember – they won the they won the first Super Bowl that they won, and then they had like two out of three mediocre seasons, and then they were able to come back in it and do it. Like if you look at his his coaching record with the Giants, it's it's there. They they've had their runs, and uh, like Simon would say, they got very lucky a um, couple times. But I'm not, look, no, no comment on that. <laughs> when he when he uh, when yeah no comment. All right, sure. So um when. When they when they won when they when they won the, when they won it a couple times that was great you know and um, when when he called the, the the throw I was like all right fine go for it fine but for Eli to throw the pick right there when he's actually been really good this year it just I, I mean when 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 that when the pick happened my mind immediately turned to they're gonna run this pick all the way back like it's gonna be Victor Cruz in in 2011 like in reverse you know. That's what my mind immediately turned to. And when they tackled the defender, I forget who picked it. Um, oh, Miles. Miles. When they tackled him, I was like, thank God that they tackled him. I was just like, it was like, oh, my God, what the hell just happened? And then relief that, to me, the the, the sensors in my brain were like, something bad just happened, and it's going to be even worse in a minute. Like, you know, so that was where I was at at that moment. I'm going to ask and, you about the sensors in your brain a little bit more here. Uh, uh, so oh, you that's see, not going to be a good thing. So you Go see ahead. the marquee wide receivers for the Jets come up big in the fourth quarter on that field goal drive. I mean, Decker and Marshall was just pick, 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 boom, boom, boom. They were going through and made it very simple. Uh, the Giants get the ball back and just an awful three and out a run for nothing, a run for four. And then Eli, you know, Simon brought up how, you know, Eli doesn't get a lot of blame for stuff. He didn't get a lot of blame for a terrible throwaway on third down to stop the clock. Uh, Two minutes and 57 seconds left for the Jets. At this point, Mark, did you feel it slipping away at this point? I mean, did did you think the classless Jets were going to tie this up? It wasn't good, Brian. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You know, it was... uh... Yeah, it, 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 I did feel that way. Um, it was a that was a tough spot right there, and um, 
you know, that, that I heard a lot of things like take the sack, don't take the sack. I mean, you know, your field position, you know, it felt it felt it didn't feel good. I mean, I, mean, I didn't I didn't say I didn't say what I felt like it was going to slip away necessarily, but it just um, answer the question. Answer the question. Um, no, yes, I mean to a certain. I'll, no, I'll give it a fifty fifty. It was okay. it was there. Um, I mean, part of me as a fan doesn't want it to be, so I just gonna like kind of push that to the back of the brain, so to speak. So uh, you know, it is what it is. Uh, it is what it is. I, I, but at this point, I mean, it's one Oh one. Let's see. We got one Oh one left fourth and six Fitzpatrick puts his head oh, down. I'm having flashbacks. It's the giants. 36 puts his head down like a man. And you know why he's a man? Cause he has a beard and you notice none of us have beards or <laughs> not men. Uh, so Simon, I have a goatee now, Brian. Okay. Well, you might need to get the full beard like Fitzpatrick. I knew he trimmed it, but it's still full. And I could never do that. Yeah, it's <laughs> yeah, way but... too itchy. I don't know how people do it. Uh, Simon. Yes. <laughs> Hello. Uh, <laughs> yes. Ryan, Ryan, Simon, you still there? <laughs> Go ahead. Ryan I'm Fitzpatrick. Uh, I mean, on that play, that, that sort of exemplified the kind of, you know, just headiness and aggressiveness that he's done all year. And he's making people forget Geno Smith existed, which isn't that hard to do. Uh, but what are your thoughts on Fitzpatrick? How, how have they changed at all throughout the year at all? Uh, well, Fitzpatrick has actually surpassed my expectations, and I think that of a lot of people. Nobody would have been talking about a contract extension for this guy at the beginning of training camp. And you see the play that he made yesterday in 4th and 6th. It's indicative of what he's done all year. This guy just sacrifices his body left and right. He's getting his noggin absolutely cracked every game. But he's gritty, he's a gamer, and all those adjectives. But it's true, he really is. Um, this guy isn't going to take the slide and come up two yards short on first down. He will absolutely put his head down and get those last few yards that you need. And they needed somebody like that. And also, he actually has been not as bad that I thought he was going to be throwing into coverage. Um, I know he had a very bad reputation as somebody who threw a ton of interceptions, and you saw that a few weeks ago. He will throw the occasional bad pick. But for the most part, he's been very accurate. And He's actually on pace to have the best jet season in history, which is pretty pathetic and sad. <laughs> Whoa, is that really true? What do That's you mean really best t- jet season? Like, what do you mean? What do you mean best? Uh, most passing yards in a season by Jets quarterback, and he's actually on pace to break Vinny Testaverde's uh, record for touchdowns thrown in a season. So, wow! Wow! It's magic. That's amazing. Holy crap! I don't know. A, yeah, I don't know if you're happy or sad about that, but it's, uh, I mean, when you have no good quarterbacks for uh, the better part of 50 years, we're still celebrating friggin' Joe Namath, you know, pointing his finger in the air with the Orange Bowl, so, you know. Someone needs to call Boomer about that one. <laughs> I know, yeah, you've got a better quarterback than Boomer. He's the best, he's actually the best quarterback right after Joe Namath, that's it, it's Joe Namath and Ryan Fitzpatrick, who knows. So, Fitzpatrick... Ow. Fitzpatrick That's... throws uh intercept interception. He throws that touchdown to Brandon Marshall, who had an amazing game, 12 receptions, 131 yards. And, you know, the Giants get the ball back. I mean, I realize there's not enough time, but they make no attempt to even get in field goal range. I hate that conservative bullshit. Uh, so we get to OT. Again, the big receivers for the Jets making big catches. And they get down to, I think, they're yeah, they, they get to first and goal. So I'll ask you, Simon, you had to be livid. The Jets had to settle for a field goal there. I was, uh, especially because they were the number one team in the red zone uh, coming into the game, uh, scoring percentage. So naturally, I thought they were going to put up a TD there and the game. And Fitzpatrick was on a roll. Uh, he had one bad pass he threw behind 
uh, Decker's shoulder. So then it became second down. Eventually, you just saw it was unraveling and it was going to lead to a field goal. And you started getting the sinking feeling in your stomach. Like, what the fuck are you doing? You couldn't just get into the end zone. Come on, man. <laughs> but uh, um, I was actually just happy to take the field goal at that point. I thought Randy Bullock was going to kick it into Delaware and then the Giants were going to get the ball back, you know. But uh, that was actually a pretty good drive right up until they got into the red zone. And... Yeah, you started getting a little nervous after that. You put three on the board and you give the ball back to uh, Eli. You know, I wasn't feeling too great then. Uh, so, yeah, the Giants, they get the ball. Obviously, they get the chance to uh, retaliate. They make very little progress in their possession. 29 total yards through the air and four yards on the ground. Sets up a 48-yard kick for Josh Brown, who's perfect on the season, and we know the rest. So, emotions after the game, drastically different, obviously. They're two different teams. Uh, Simon, you already gave us a little sneak peek of what you did. Uh, you shamed your friend and you yelled and screamed and I hope it was pretty brutal. Oh, it was absolutely brutal. I'll never forget it. Uh, I'll never forget it. I was on the phone. I was literally doing, running a lap in a circle outside. Um, I almost just like blacked out from there. It was amazing. I real I thought he was going to make it. So, and then that would have created a whole other situation, but he didn't. We won 23 to 20 and, uh, the Empire State Building was lit in green and white last night. That's all I know. Mark, I, I you got into it a little as well. Um, were you able to eat dinner? What was was it? Was it? Uh, I enjoyed my dinner very much. Like I said, I put it past me, and um, yeah, Simon. Yes. You, if you <laughs> yes. ever, yeah, yes. <laughs> if when your team wins the Super Bowl. I think you're probably just going to do a Forrest Gump scenario where you just like run cross country because that's what that's the real elation of winning a Super Bowl is much more than just that. So I'll, I'll say this. I am surprised and it has nothing to do with you, Mark, personally. You just that I didn't bring it up previously. You just representing a Giants fan that it took that long for Super Bowl titles to just sort of, you know, be thrown. Well, let, let, me, in the uh, fence. let me just let me just let me just put it this way. All right. So. When I first met my when I first met my soon to be ex wife, whatever, I'm gonna just put it out there on the fucking red ticket blues. Wow, oh, uh, breaking, ba- break. Well, it's whatever. Well, not really breaking. It's, <laughs> it's, not, break, it's not breaking for you two. Um, so the first year we met was the year that the that that, that the Giants won the first Super Bowl, and one of the first times I hung out with my sister in law and my brother in law, soon to be, whatever, or like future. We watched. We hung out and watched the Giants Super Bowl, and I just went ballistic like the entire time and i can't believe it actually ended up being that we got married because i was an i was a madman it was a it was maddening like every, when the when the helmet catch happened simon yes. the helmet catch yes when, yes when we when we had that that was 10 times what you did yesterday so i'm just gonna put it out there it was the just, fakest moment in the history of of anything it, yeah. it that was so fraudulent and you deserved nothing <laughs> i rooted for the pats I rooted for the Pats like they were on my own team. Like a fraud. Games. For both of those <laughs> games. That's how much I hated the Giants. And, of course, the uh, the football gods had to spite me and let them win. And I, don't worry. You're going to roll well, to another a... fake 8-8 eight eight division title and get to the playoffs. <laughs> don't worry about it. You're going to win the 8-8 eight eight NFC East. And then, all of a sudden, magic's going to happen. Hakeem Nix is going to catch one off his foot. There's a, don't worry. You guys are sad today. You guys still plenty of season left. Oh, that's great! I hope the pounding, but my, my pounding, my kitchen counter just picked up. Uh, for oh, the it absolutely did. Oh yeah, good. <laughs> yes, 
That that was exactly the the uh, what I was trying to uh, induce there. So uh, all the love, Simon. You uh, know. You did, did you did a great job. Right so on we're here. we're talking playoffs here. We're talking playoffs. Playoffs. It's, that's Wait, right. We're talking playoffs. playoffs. It was obligatory. I had to do it. Playoffs of yesteryear. So we'll go with Mark first. Uh, you know, we talked about this this division that the Giants are in is absolutely abominable. <laughs> it's a piece of shit. So going forward, wow, that's strong. Hey, no, come on, the, tell me I'm wrong. No, you're wrong. No, you're not wrong. I mean, okay. that's what I'm doing. Uh, Go ahead. We'll, we'll start with you, Mark, as your team is more pathetic. Uh, <laughs> do the Giants make the playoffs? No. What are you fucking – what are you smoking over there, Brian? No, no. So you They don't make the playoffs. Pick. No, I I don't. I mean, if it, if they did, what, what where are they going if they do? That's it's a- – it's, you're absolutely right. Well, he took two mediocre teams to the Super Bowl before, so they're probably going back to the Super Bowl. Don't forget, you were seven and seven in 2011 before you got that. Yeah, they were five and seven. They were, were they five and seven that year? No, no, but they're five and seven now. I know, but what I'm saying is they were mediocre even in the years that they won the Super Bowl. They win a couple no, of games and no, get in there. No, they had. To, it was different. It was different levels of talent. It was. It was. It was. This is not. This is not one of those teams. It's not. It's, you don't it's, think so? It's no team of destiny. No, no, well, Tom Coughlin no longer coaches the team. Didn't you hear it earlier? Someone needs to tell him. I know. It's like he, somebody needs to change the placard on the head coach's office. Uh, it's going to be like Milton from office space. He's going to end up like coaching this team from the basement or something. <laughs> so, Simon, right. I'll ask Ernie Adams scenario. Right. I'll ask you a similar question, Simon. Uh, if the playoffs started today, the Jets are in, but obviously they don't start today. Do you see the Jets making moves in the postseason? Do you see them there? Uh, I do think they can get to the postseason. They have a somewhat favorable schedule. Uh, if you look, they have the Titans, who actually played a pretty good game. I mean, Mario yeah. looked great. Um, oh, did it warm my heart to know that if we just lost that game against the Titans last year, we would have Mariota at quarterback, but I digress. Um you play the Titans, you play the Cowboys, um, the Pats are obviously the Pats. They're, they're in a little bit of a slide. We played them well last time. You chalked that up as a loss, but then you play the Bills. So that's three out of the last four games that are very winnable. You add three to their win total. I mean, that should be good enough for a wild card spot. Though they do lose tiebreakers to everybody, so it is important that they win these games. Right. That Patriots game, you got to think a lot of the guys are going to be uh, – I know you marked it down as a loss, but you got to think a lot of the the wide receivers are probably going to be a lot healthier, maybe even playing by then. So who knows? Uh, gentlemen, that's all I have. Uh, is there anything else you'd like to uh, say to the uh, audience of millions around the globe? If I could interject as the winner, I will take this from here. Yeah, that's right. <clears throat> wow. I was happier <laughs> – that was one of the best jet wins I ever saw in my life. I was so happy to stick it to this arrogant franchise. Did they they walk around like they are the king turd of shit island. The only thing that family produced that was of anything worthy was Rooney Mara because she's hot. They're such I, I'm so sick of arrogant giants. Sorry. Yeah. The arrogance that they have. You guys missed the playoffs, those bad teams in the 70s. You guys realize the Jets had more Super Bowls than them until they won in 86, right? The last three were fraudulent with the Norwood missed kick, helmet catches. Everybody rolls over and dies for them. That Manningham over-the-shoulder catch. Wes Welker botching the football on third down. They should have lost a million and one times in both of those playoff runs. It's illegitimate. It's one-to-one as far as legit titles go. One-to-one. That's it. And now 
we are the kings of New York, at least temporarily. Okay? Mark, wow. you may go ahead and make your point. Can you at least drop a I'm Jim Rome at the end of that? <laughs> wow. CBS Sports Media. <laughs> I that, was, that was tremendous. Mark, um, you have a daunting task right now. Trying to follow that. You know what? I'm gonna pull the bull. I'm gonna pull what Simon would hate the most right now. And I'm just gonna uh, say four Super Bowl championships, and they tried. To, I, I was gonna bring up. I actually had a this little article that I had brought had a little, that I posted about like the. Uh, you guys mentioned it earlier about how the beating the Giants was more important than winning the '69. Uh, you know the the Super Bowl three championship. I mean, are you are you serious? Like you won the Super Bowl and you're worrying about that, and then just a bunch of other stuff. I mean, like it's it's still the little brother. It's still always going to be the little brother, and that's and 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 I I have to give Simon credit. That was an impassioned and uh, amazing thing, and I'm not crazy enough to actually try to figure out how to top that because Simon killed it. So all the Drop love, the Simon. We talk about the rivalry. We talk shit. All the love. So that's I'm going to leave it at that. Uh, just so you guys know, Zach Grinky has passed his physical. He's now a D-back. Um, I'm sure it, you were on pins and needles. He's now a douchebag? Oh, yeah. wow. That's... D-back, D-backs, same thing. Well, I want to thank both of you guys for being on. And uh, a lot of great stuff. I, I mean, I really mean that. Uh, a lot of impassion, very passionate opinions, as you could just hear from Simon, but from both of you guys. And uh, I hope everyone enjoyed it. Uh, Mark, thank you for being on the podcast. Of course. Thanks for having me. Simon, thank you for being on the podcast. Always, boys. Thanks. And best of luck to both your teams going forward. So there you have it, Mark and Simon breaking down the game only the way they can. Uh, They gave you the sports any way that they can. They're very much like other people. I hope everyone enjoyed that. They gave a lot of uh, of knowledge, a lot of insight, and a lot of comedy, too. So I I hope everyone enjoyed it. uh, Some true passage from some true fans. Uh, You can always listen to the show on iTunes, TuneIn, Radio, Stitcher, YouTube. Follow me at BrianBuck13 and at RedTicketBlues on Twitter. Follow on Facebook. Leave a review everywhere, everywhere you want. Just leave it anywhere. Just just go to random comment message board and just give me reviews. So with all that being said, I'm out of here.